There's a place here at the table Your coats go by the door You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor I hope you wore elastic Cause your waistband's gonna get tight Take time's done, we're having a night Hello everybody Hello, it's hello. Sophie and Ari And you're listening to Having a Night Reviving the Lost Art of the Dinner Party. How was your Easter self? It was great. Actually, pretty low key. Usually Easter is a really big deal in my family because my dad, we love to paint our Easter eggs and do a little Easter egg hunt and cook a big lamb, blah, blah, blah. But this year, my parents are not here and I had my second vaccine on Friday. So I was very nervous about how I was going to feel on Sunday. Ended up feeling totally fine, but I hadn't made any plans to cook. So we went to brunch at Niche Niche, which is this really fantastic restaurant in New York. Like the the premise behind it, Ari and I have been together, but like the premise behind it is that every night is like a dinner party. Obviously they've kind of amended that during COVID, but they've had this mm-hmm. these visiting chef series. So on Sunday, they had a Filipino chef from Jeepney, which is a restaurant here. This woman, Nicole Ponseca, and it's all a set menu. And the food was so goddamn good. Oh my God. Flavors good. that I either have never had or like haven't had in such a long time. A lot good. of ube, which are like purple sweet potatoes, almost mm. like a tarot-like consistency. Like the, there was a pancake that was made with them. There was like a flaky pastry. There was a cauliflower dish that knocked my socks off. It was <laughs> fucking divine. And so we did that with a little bit of champagne and was it hard to get a res? No, I mean I made it like far ahead of time because I was like I'm getting my vaccine so I'll just, you know, plan something where we can go out. So I had made it um Oh, very good. early, but it was just delicious and their setup is really sweet. Obviously I'm still eating outside. So, yeah, so it was great. What did you do? We had a nice brunch here and it was really nice because Chris's grandparents came for the first time. Like they are both vaccinated. We've all been vaccinated. So they came inside, even though it was super nice out. But so that was like a big, um, it was a momentous, uh, beautiful moment to actually all sit around the table inside together, not be shivering outside or like, you know, looking at each other from afar with masks on. So that, that felt like, wow, we have passed on to the next level. Totally. Exactly. You have completed levels one through 10. Exactly. So that was really, really special. And just like a a nice spread, there was, of course, the honey baked ham, which I abstained from, although some people seem to enjoy it. I just knew that I would not enjoy it. So I didn't have any. (laughs) What a story. Very good story. I, there was a beautiful frittata situation. At my request, there were some bagels. There was a beautiful fruit salad, a regular salad, um, some like the plumpest, fattest asparagus I've ever seen. It was very sweet. And then, yeah, I got my second vaccine, my my COVID Easter vaccine. Where did you and end up I- eating after? Ari had texted me asking where she should eat in the Bronx. You know what? I'm so bummed out about this. We didn't go anywhere. We just came back here. Oh. Sad. I really wanted to go somewhere in the Bronx because that's where I got my shot. And as we were going, Chris was like, oh, I forgot. I have like, I have to do some work after. No, so not like, cool. What? That's I'm dressed up. <laughs> not only am I dressed up, I'm getting my second fucking COVID vaccine, which is a huge deal. Yeah. Harry and I went out to Rosa Mexicana, which is across the street from us and has like, Mm, I'm just going to be honest, pretty bad food, but it was so nice to be out and to have a margarita the size of my head. I had a pomegranate frozen margarita, just something celebratory to, you know, to celebrate the fact that we have come. Agreed. That some of us are on the other side of this, even though, you know, rates are bad, whatever. It's all complicated. Let's get into our episode today because it's a long (laughs) one. (laughs) Guys, we have on the fantastic Megan McNair, who is kind of like our soul sister. I'm so glad we were connected. Shout out to my friend Jillian Tozer, who connected us. Um, Megan is the co-founder and director and just creative mind behind two new companies, Standard Party Supply, which is 
kind of exactly what it sounds like, but but not in that it is a party supply company, but just Google standard party supply and you will understand. The aesthetic is incredible. It's like oh. the most, it's all about fun and party decorations and tablescapes and just like living your most fabulous, loud, maximalist life. Yeah. And the second one is Project Bon Vivant, which is really takes this kind of Zoom dinner, digital dinner party idea to the next level, way far beyond what anyone else is doing in that they, you know, one of their options is like a lobster dinner. We want to go to Maine in quotes and they send you lobsters. They send you a playlist. They send you, it's, it's like, it's not just the food. They make an entire evening for you. Yeah. Um, But it's like, I mean, it's even further than that. It's like, they'll have like a trio like a jazz trio come on for 30 minutes and play. And like, mm-hmm. it's so, it's so curated and so thought out. It, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it it's supposed to really feel like you're actually at a party or like someone took all of the, took all of the stress out of planning a dinner party and just did it all for you. And you just got to show up, which yes. is called being a guest, I guess. Exactly. Anyway, Megan is, she's just like a unicorn of a human being. She's all sunshine and rainbows and just so, so creative and, and fun and beautiful. And we are so glad we met with fingers crossed for a lot more collaborations to come. If you are listening to this and go on our Instagram, we are going to be doing a giveaway in honor of this episode. So definitely enter that. Go on our Instagram to learn more. And without further ado, Cheers to Megan and and listen up. So just so that our listeners understand what we're even talking about, will you give us like a little intro to both projects and also tell us when you started them? Yes, I'll give you a little elevator pitch of both. So um, Standard Party Supply is um, a business that uh, my friend Scott and I had been cooking up for a long time. Um, He used to live in New York and when he moved to San Francisco, I threw him a uh, moving from Manhattan to San Francisco themed dinner party. And it had like a map of the United States and everyone had little cars that they could like move around because he was going on a road trip. And like, we started with a Manhattan and we ended with an it's it's because that was San Francisco and just like really trying to like bring that fun frivolity to a dinner oh. party. From there, we like realized that we we're like each other's like kindred spirit and Just where we were positioned in life in last December, um, I had left working at Domino for four years and he was working with the YouTube sensation and had gotten really into product development with her. And we were like, there's something here. How about this? And so we kind of started the the kindlings of that in December and then cue the pandemic when we're like, are we those crazy people that are starting a party supply business in the pandemic? (laughs) We are. Yep. I just had a verbal confirmation. We are those crazy people. Um, and you know, it seems more important now than ever to just like be able to send a friend a party tassel for them to like just hang next to their TV while they're rewatching Waiting to Exhale on a Tuesday, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. or like <laughs> something that just like brings them joy that isn't super expensive um, and it's colorful. And that's kind of like the impetus be- behind every product that we create. And also, Another part of that is really working with small businesses to create. Like we want to know where each of the products come from. And I have this dream melamine confetti plate that I really want to make. But we <gasps> a melamine vendor that we like. Because like apparently melamine is toxic and that breaks my heart. And like you don't want to like just have any Tom, Dick or Harry melamine person make your plates. Yeah. Wow. Who knew? I didn't. Scott pointed this out to me and I was like, good call. Glad you're here. <laughs> wow. Um, so we're working on that. Um, but we started, um, with these photo booth strip frames because we're both photo booth strip, like lovers, mm-hmm. and, like, you know, you see them taped on people's walls, but like, why not give them a neon party frame to put them in? And some people are like, how's that a party supply? And our answer is, how is it not? <laughs> <laughs> like it's on your wall. It brings the party vibes to your gallery wall. Um, so it, for us, the the word party just means like a lifestyle. Like it's mm-hmm. just yes. not necessarily like confetti cannons. Although I do support owning a confetti cannon. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. I can't wait. You guys need to sell those. So do you guys make the funny packs as well? Or is that an item that you found? I- and- Let's just yeah. describe these to our listeners because they're my favorite. Um, this is a straight from the the mind of Scott, who is a creative genius. He created this funny pack, I think mostly out of necessity for himself. Like this is like 
something that he wanted to have. And it is two circular googly eyes as a fanny pack. And like there's friends that is on, that hides the zipper that is eyelashes. And the eye in the center is a pouch to hold coins in and is pretty exquisite. And yeah. he forced this woman, Irma, in San Francisco, who hand makes them. Uh, we make zero dollars off of them. It's like true love of the game. Oh my yes. God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm literally, and I just bought one right there now. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Um, we keep being like, oh yeah, we need to make money. Right, same. <laughs> right, businesses should make money, but like we don't want to charge too much for something just because we want people to have it in their home or be able to gift it to like, if you're not going to want to buy your child like or your best friend a like $200 googly eye fanny pack, but right, you right. and you know, $50 on it. So I love I it. I love it. And so tell us about Project Bon Vivant. Yes. So that one came a little later. Um, a good friend of mine, Cynthia, who is a photo producer um, of a company called Right Arm, um, approached me in May and was like, hey, I'm working with a life coach. She was like, pick someone that you think you would want to make like a project with that isn't your production company. She's been doing that for like 25 years and could just like, do that with her eyes closed. And so she texted me out of the blue and I was like, I feel like I should have some sort of acceptance speech. <laughs> yeah, that's like the biggest compliment I've ever heard. Like, wow. You know, like I was like doing like depression pox, like manifestation, like walking my dog Niles. And then I get that text and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you do this? <laughs> Love that. Uh, and so we just kind of like talk back and forth. And she has an aunt who is a fabulous woman named Henny. And they Henny is like a huge like lover of traveling. And um, she and her husband are on the board of the James Beard Foundation, big lover of restaurants. And we're like, we've got to do something that helps the restaurant industry and also like brings back the dining out experience and the travel component that we're all missing so terribly, but also connection because like a lot of times you're traveling with your family or friends or you're going to see someone and they're taking you to the favorite restaurant and you're seeing new things and be inspired. So how do you do that on Zoom? So yeah. we kind of decided that we would have themed nights by cities. And basically you plan it with um, your family. And the, let's say, for example, you have like three of your family members, households, and they're all over the country. They all get sent the same food the same wine, which is picked by a sommelier to go with the food. And then the sommelier tells you at the Zoom why it all goes together. And then everyone gets an amenities box that's like napkins, a little piece of flair for the table and a program. So like everyone looks down at the table and is like, I know that everyone I'm eating with is seeing the same thing. Wow, wow, wow. That instant connection. I love it. Yeah. And then Zoom is super boring. I mean, except for this Zoom, which is the best <laughs> of my life. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> One's attention span for Zoom, I think, is about 10 or 15 minutes. So like uh, listening to one person talk and when you're at a Zoom event can get a little tedious. So we yeah. try to like popcorn it around and have the band just play three songs because watching a band on Zoom isn't the same as much as I wish it was as seeing them play live. And then Samye will speak for a bit about the wine, but then answer questions for 10 minutes. And then so we just like, and then we leave slots for the family to actually get to talk to each other. Right, <laughs> and, right. And so we kind of set that up. And now we've expanded to have other activities that are like if family quizzes. So like if it's like someone's birthday, we do a quiz about the person whose birthday it is that everyone can play through Cahoots, which is like that elementary school learning program. That oh, yeah. School. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Right there, Cahoots. And then we also um, teamed up with a, a friend of mine, Maeve, who just started a company called Art9, which makes a drink and draw and you, you and your family like work on a cohesive piece of artwork together. So oh my God. Yeah. So we're just, you know, reaching out to friends and people we admire and everyone that's just like hustling to make this pandemic joyful and um, bring like getting creative and bringing different events to light. Wow. Well, that's a fan. Cause Ari and I have spoken, as you can probably imagine in the last year, we have spoken so much about what is the potential of zoom we, you know, we've at this point basically just given up on the idea of like making Zoom fun. And some of our guests that we've spoken to have been like, it feels really essential to have an activity. But what you're talking about is not just an activity. It's a full evening of stuff. So it's mm-hmm. not it's like, like you just said, I only want to hear a person speak for so long about a certain subject unless I'm literally attending a lecture. So to kind of break it up so that it's like having a night out 
in New York with your friends where you go right. to a bar and you hear a couple of songs and then fabulous. And the 360 degree kind of approach to the entire evening with games, with music, obviously with food and with, you know, a little bit of tablescaping or flair or fun, just a visual. I think that's so important and so oft overlooked in this new time that we're living in, people immediately think, oh, I miss going out. I miss the food. How do I get the food? And then there are plenty of companies who are doing a similar thing, but it's just everyone gets the same food. And it's not, I don't know if it, that's that's worth, worth it for a lot of consumers. But I think really creating an entire event is so not only smart, but just, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And we try yeah. to think of ourselves as like your good time concierge. So like when you email Cynthia, you're never going to have the same night as the person the night before us, because like, we're going to come up with like a night, you know, like having it, the cocktail, that's that sort of theme. If it's your birthday and you love a certain thing, we'll try to integrate that into, you know, the branding of the event, because it's not so much about us. Like, Although we do have a couple of like cute things, like we have a new mascot, Henny, the the drunken chicken. Um, <laughs> we have this woman, Kiara, who's amazing, draw um, Henny, the lovely aunt of Cynthia, as a, a party chicken. Oh <laughs> my yes. God. Yes. Yes. She's got on pearls. She's dragging a little wagon full of like Chianti and cheese and uh, grapes, and it's fun. So that's oh kind of like God. the embodiment and character that. of our Project Bon Vivant vibes. But it, it's a lot like, I feel like bringing the same formula that I would take to a dinner party to the Zoom event. So when you're having a dinner party in real life, in my mind, I have like a formula for how things should go, even though I want it to go very organic. Mm-hmm. And you have all of these guests that are coming to your home or your Zoom screen that they've all had different days. Like maybe I've had a great day and I like got a raise at work but maybe another friend is coming and is like fighting with their boyfriend. Like everyone's coming to you in different playing fields. So like the first thing you need to do is try to bring everyone to the same page. And for me, that usually starts with some sort of playlist and like a signature cocktail or like a signature mocktail that like there's a station where people can like make their own thing that they want and then stand and talk and like just kind of decompress from the day um, and enter into the space and like be able to shed it the day from behind them and become one with the dinner party. <laughs> yes. I think that that's super important. Part of the point of aperitif, aperitivo hour is yeah. actually the shedding of what came before and entering into, you know, it's the, it's the opening of your evening. And so getting people onto the same page is a very important part of it. I, I think that's such a nice way of putting it. Speaking of signature cocktails and the start of a party, Megan went ahead and did the nicest thing that anyone has ever done for having a night, which is she spoke to a bartender friend, which you're, you've got to tell us this person's name so we can credit them, and created our very own uh, cocktail called A Night so that when someone asks, what are you having? You can say, I'm having, I'm having a, a night. night. <laughs> and not only is that already just so genius, the bar's already so high, the liqueur that it is made with, it's there are two different ones that are really like, I can't even, I'm speechless. The color of this Empress Gin and, and the Creme de Violette, it's like this dark purple blue. So the cocktail itself looks like the night sky. I mean, I, I, this is so gorgeous. This is the stuff of genius. Megan, I mean, thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, I, give me a reason to make a custom cocktail for someone that I uh, admire and adore, and I, I'll do it. <laughs> the The recipe is goes like this. One ounce of Empress Gin, which I've never heard of before. It is gin. It is colored with pea, pea shoots. It's organically colored. It's like the most psychedelic purple I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Then one ounce of Luxardo Bitter Bianco, which... I could not find. Very difficult to find. It is difficult to find. Garrett warned me of that, um, but I like read up a like Suze Suze had it. Suze yeah Suze. And I guess that it's like a a, a colorless kind of like a uh, dry verm- vermouth almost, or like an appar- aperitif. But it, I, I think what I read is that there's some absinthe involved too. Maybe at the end of their of the process of making it. Anyway, sounds delicious. And then there's a half ounce of 
Woo! Uh, creme de violette. Violette? I'm not French. Can you tell? I could not find that either. I'm in Connecticut, by the way. So if I was in New York, I would have had much better luck. But I did find this other violette. It's Giffard. called Giffard violette. So I think, how different could it be? It's also this gorgeous kind of inky purple color. Wow. We're just here for the, the coloration. And I'm sure it's like, you know. Exactly. I also, Ari and I, I feel like just learned that it turns out things that are referred to as creme are clear. Like they're not, I always thought they would be milky. turns out they're not. Yeah. Not they're more clear. Yeah. They're actually more, wow. right? Sophie didn't. Yeah, like either? we bought creme de menthe the other day because we were making a what were we vodka making? stinger. Vodka stinger. Thank you. And I thought it was going to be like a milky greenish substance, and it turns out it's like clear, bright green, as in translucent, bright green. Anyway, just throwing that in there. And then there's a half ounce of Koki Americano, which I do have. I love Koki Americano so much. Stir rocks twist lemon twist. I was having an idea of like the color of this drink, which obviously our listeners cannot see because you're listening, but it's this beautiful purple. It really does look like a night sky. And I was thinking if you could like, okay, I'm going crazy. If you could get um, silicone molds in the shape of stars and make ice in the shape of little stars, how beautiful would that be? Oh my God. I do. A thousand times I do. <laughs> I mean, yes. Oh, wouldn't that be pretty? And then I'm like, I wonder if you could do, okay, nobody's going to spend money on gold leaf to like put in a drink. I don't really even understand the point I mean, of gold leaf, but like, imagine if you could like line the rim with a little bit of gold leaf, I, it would be the most beautiful cocktail on the face of the planet. Um, dare accepted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I um, write a newsletter every week for a restaurant in Nashville called Cafe Rose. And the bar manager, who is a sensation, Garrett, is the one who um, came up with this cocktail idea. Wow. Garrett? Okay. Garrett Carr, Garrett. what a guy. Garrett Carr. Garrett Carr, we love you. I used to learn how to make the, the, this, the twist of the lemon twist is so easy to make. You're okay, like, how do you do it? Because I was looking at that and I was amazed. So basically you take a lemon and cut it into like a lemon coin and then you just cut out the center and the lemon is just like a very malleable, forgivable friend. And you just coil it around your finger, not pandemic safe per se, but you know, at home. Oh, and you're oh to, and my it's God. Little, little spirally shape. Oh my God. That's so smart. And okay. it's so simple. Yeah. Okay. What drink are you having right now? Oh, I'm having a night. What are you having? What is that gorgeous drink that you're having? I too am having a night. Well, cheers to that. Cheers to having a night. Can we talk a little bit, Megan, about when you're hosting at home? I, I mean, just given your two projects, given that you already spoke about, like, I kind of have a formula, even though we want, even though I want it to feel casual. What is your style for hosting at home? Like, are there favorite dishes that you like to cook? How many people do you like to have over? I don't know. Just download your knowledge on us. Confession. I'm an ultra super moderate cook. Like I know my way around the kitchen somewhat, but like, I'm not a person who you're going to be like, wow, you should be a chef. Okay. <laughs> I'm a person that up for like, I'll try the thing that is popular and Bon Appetit. Cause I'm like a devout Bon Appetit fan, but like, I'm not going to be like five star. No one's offering many Michelin stars. <laughs> so I make up for what I lack in um, cooking. I guess I shouldn't say lack. I'm ultra super moderate. What I yeah. middle road with in cooking is like flair and and like making you feel at home and having it be like a full experience. And I, my mother has imparted several things on me about having a dinner party. And that is, I can remember being little and seeing her getting ready to go to like a friend's house for a dinner or go out to like a fundraiser or something. And she would be like putting on her pearls and makeup and perfume and CNN would be on. And I'd be, and I, my mom is not a person that like watches CNN or something like that. And I can remember, I was probably like eight, nine, like, mom, what are you doing? And she was like, it's very important that you have five points of conversation outside of yourself at any mm. event. <laughs> so like, wow. just like that knowledge that like, need to like welcome guests into your home and not have it be like your own vaudeville show. <laughs> you know, like yes. it's, it's about the, the comfort of everyone, about important, like lively conversation, like that sort of thing. So like, that's always been in the back of my mind with like making sure that 
the stage is set to have like the best conversation, the best evening, the best night that like anyone can have that month. And then I like to approach it when it's not necessarily like a seated fundraiser. Like I'm just having people over, right? Like it's not, I shouldn't put that pressure on myself. So like I'll often come home from work back pre-COVID and throw something together pretty quickly. It's more just about like people coming together. So like reduce that pressure that you have to like have the five course perfectly timed meal. Like people just want to be together and have a good time. So that's why I start with making sure everyone's on the same level. You set out like a little bar where people can make their own drinks as they want them. Um, And I'm not above like having those bottles out because if you style that on like a nice tray and have like a pretty ice um, container, there's a name for that. Ice bucket. bucket, Mm -hmm. If you will. will. And I think you will. Um, An ice bucket and then like some soda water and like nice glasses. Like it's fun for people to make their own thing. And then you also should always have like little cheese bites or little things for people to eat because again, someone worked really hard, didn't have lunch, came to you a little hangry. You don't want them to take that to the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you always make sure that you have food. Also, you don't want them to get too drunk too quickly. Yeah. Uh, and then it becomes like that whole thing. So those two staples, when someone walks in to take care of right out the gate. And then you have to have the art of the soundtrack. Mixtape, huge thing that I always... Mixtape, I'm showing my age. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I love it. I'm right there. I'm right there. Um, so the mixtape is very important, um, like to vibe. Like I usually try to give myself a runway of like a four and a half hour playlist. Um that starts with like, you never can go wrong with like Nina Simone, like right out the gate, like that sort of like dinner date from Pottery Barn, like 1999 was like, I mean, like an entire epiphany of like how to have uh, the soundtrack to a dinner party. Wait, what is dinner at uh, eight? So at, what is that? You remember like, you'd go to like the Pottery Barn or the Starbucks and those places would have oh. impulse purchases of CDs at the register. Right. Yep, of course. And the Pottery Barn... Know this because I have a sister who's 11 years older than I am. Um, she purchased the dinner at eight. You know, she's like 21 and I'm 10. <laughs> and she purchases the dinner at eight Pottery Barn mix. And I'm just like, what is this magic for like mood setting, right? Yes. It's like, like Louis Armstrong's there, Ella's there, Billy's there, Nina's there. The gang is all there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will mm-hmm. show you all because it's on Spotify. That's how good it is. So I wow. start out with like that kind of like, Everyone kind of loves it. You've heard it. You're not like, we're, we're, we're starting here. It's a good place. This must be the place to start. And then I progress to like, when people are sitting down, like you're more indie, like Instagram, like music that someone could be like, like Whitney. Oh, I've heard this before. So it could be like a conversational moment, right? Uh-huh. So like it's, it's not, uh-huh. you're not going to want, your guests aren't going to be singing along necessarily, but they're going to be like, I like the vibes of this. So like, think like that, like, Parisian restaurant that you went to that's like very cool or like the Euro lounge that that style of music yep so that's the vibe and at one point you want to slowly change people over to dance party in the living room yes and I I do that vis-a-vis Stevie Nicks she is like the the perfect segue to we're going to get up from the table but before that you have to offer them dessert and espresso Mm -hmm. Um, I, I just skipped dinner. Wow. I got started talking about music. <laughs> <laughs> so people sit down, they have dinner, um, you know, whatever that is, if that's a deconstructed miso salad, if that is a salmon, that I, like a whole salmon that I've made, pasta, you could even do like Chinese takeout. And everyone has their tablescaped sort of nice seating situation going. Um, and then you have dessert. And I usually have espresso, maybe some Amaro. Wine, of course, has been served with dinner. Um, And then I usually like to pass around like some sort of tray with like some sort of joint smoke when you've got them (laughs) for the dessert sort of situation. I myself don't smoke, but I like to have house joints because people like it. And I'm a a people pleaser here, (laughs) here to bring the good vibes. And uh, then... Everyone's in a great mood. The dinner party is kind of like getting to that moment where like everyone's bubbly. We're going to try to move to the dinner party after hours dance party. And so that's when you introduce Stevie Nicks. Oh my God. And kind of like takes it. And then you're like, Whitney Houston, I want to feel the heat of somebody. Like, like people are excited. They're, you know, that's how the general cadence of my dream dinner party. That's a $10 million <laughs> formula. 
Yeah. And then everyone should exit through the gift shop with some form of food to take home. Um, sometimes I do like New Year's Eve. I do a mason jar of black eyed peas and collard greens with Tylenol on top. Oh, for Who doesn't love a takeaway? What are you wearing when you're throwing these dinner parties? Ooh, I mean, some form of robe generally. Um, I feel like I have like a pretty strong, I'm, I'm known for my robe collection. Oh my so like, wow. do you remember, did you all see the movie High Fidelity? Mm-hmm. Have you of seen course. it? So Catherine Zeta-Jones hosts a dinner party that she invites John Cusack to when he like realizes they're breaking up because she's become fabulous. And she's wearing like some sort of very elegant like red robe. And I've yes. like loosely all of my dinner party looks on like that. (laughs) I'm all about that too. Like the elevated house dress look like, oh, is this a dressing gown? Is it a dress? Is is it a robe? It's all, it's everything at once. Because you can like throw it over black jeans and a black t-shirt and you look like you didn't just come from work. You're like, no, no, I'm here. I I date tonight. You know, I mean, I got a red lip on. I'm hosting you. (laughs) I date tonight. Do you remember your first dinner party? So I think the first dinner party that I had, was, I think I was 20, I think. And I had a dinner party in my mom's like um, little courtyard. And it, I invited everyone over and I was like, I'm just having a little dinner party. Come on over. And I like had conceived of this to have all of the food be little. Mm. So they had like little like angel hair pasta with tiny meatballs and like those little cornichon like Tiny, um, I know it's like everything. And I served like a pony keg and then there were like little bottles of champagne. And so like, oh I, I've always loved puns. So I feel like that's, a, we need to bring back having a little dinner party and have everything be in miniature. That, that is, is like the, so smart. Also so fun because it's not <laughs> an actual theme, but it's so sweet and funny. And oh my God, that is so hilarious. Yeah. And you can get like teeny hot dogs. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. All these things teeny exist. pickles. Oh yeah. my God. I got frozen white. I'm remembering this now as I'm telling you the story. I got frozen white castle bur- cheeseburgers. So yep. like food is like not the point. Like you're not, right. no one's like, what a meal. <laughs> They're like, right. wow, I should have paid more attention to that pun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my God. That what else? So oh, cute. So smart. <laughs> well, on the, on the subject of, of sort of themes. Do you, do you like having themes? Do you usually not? I mean, I don't know. You said you seem like you're just such a fun hostess that you probably don't need to be like tonight is eighties night. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I've been, my friends have thrown an eighties prom, uh, in Atlanta back in our twenties, we picked through an eighties prom. That was very fun. But you know, I feel like it depends on the raison d'entree. Like, is it a friend's 40th birthday that loves Italy? then it will be Italian themed. Um, is it just like someone's birthday and they love, um, you know, to have Chinese food, then we'll order in like it, but it, I feel like the only thing that matters to me is that the tablescape reflects that sort of theme, mm-hmm. usually, whatever it is. Yeah. So, like that's the thing that I thought about more so than the food, which is terrible. <laughs> no, it's not. And it's actually, I'm so glad you're here because we've really had, we haven't had anyone on the show who does what you do. And, can we just get into tablescaping a bit more? Like for people who who don't tablescape, what are some kind of fun tricks or or little hacks? I, I hate that word, but ways to to make a event festive kind of cheaply or with things they might have at home. Yes, I feel like you know there's like love languages that people have. I feel like my love language is ask me about tablescaping. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, then consider us in love. <laughs> I feel so seen with like a capital S that you just like asked me that question. Oh my god. Um, I feel like it's definitely one of my more overlooked parts of throwing a dinner party. Like I love setting a table, but I really don't go beyond that. I don't really have candlesticks that match. Like it's kind of, it's always like a little bit haphazard and it's, I was thinking about it at the last minute. So no, I mean, I just think that that's so much, um, my mom and my grandmother have always been like very into like objects day entertaining, like the things that you put on the table that are important. And like, my mom has always been like, use your China, use your everyday things, because if you keep it in a cupboard, like what's the point of having it? Mm-hmm. Um, so like someone breaks it, like no big deal. Oh. That's another, I'm just remembering this, another huge, super important, like the thing that I'm like most vigilant about at a dinner party, 
no one can touch the dishes because it breaks the complete atmosphere. People always want to help you clean up. Don't yep. let them do, don't let them touch it because it's going to break the vibe. People are going to be like, I'm going to help. And you're like, no, no, I need you to get back into the, can I want to feel the heat of somebody dance party in that living room? Yeah. Yep. Leave the dishes. That That's me tomorrow. And then like when you're doing the dishes the next day or that night, you like think back onto like the dinner party and like what was so fun and who came that you didn't expect to actually show up or like what conversation was had. And you make that moment less about being a task and more about like a moment of reflection. Mm. So that's been the arduous way of doing dishes into something fun. I think that's really nice though. And like, I'm, I'm just going to say to any of my friends who listen to this podcast, it's so kind when you offer to do the dishes. But when I tell you not to do the dishes, I do mean it because people really don't realize, of course they want to be helpful. And like having people over to your house is an act of generosity, but like it really breaks up the flow. It fucks shit up. You feel like you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And it's like, no, no, you can't stay here. You don't have to go home. I want you until last call. So, um, but digressing back to tablescaping, I usually start with like a mood board because I love to mood board. Current mood is mood boarding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sort of like the color palette of the holiday or theme or event. And then back into like, what's the tablecloth? Because that's the canvas that everything is on. Mm -hmm. I'm here to tell you, you can just buy a piece of fabric and put it on the table. No one's going to notice if it's hemmed. Like, it's not a big to do. Don't be like, I need to find this table, like tablescaping tablecloth from like some fancy place. Just like go to like the fabric garment district or, you know, go to the Michaels and buy your, like a piece of fabric that you like and just throw it on the table. It's not a big deal. Just like having something on the top, no hymns required. No one's going to notice. And then what is the napkin that goes with that? I'm a big believer in cloth napkins. Like same. Paper napkins just feel like fast and too fast and furious. Yeah. <laughs> Not enough, like warm vibes. And then candles like really set the mood. You know, nighttime is the right time. And candles mm-hmm. bring that <laughs> pretty clear into focus. Um, and from there, it's just like building like the colors that you layer onto the table and the height of things matter. Mm-hmm. You want your guests to be able to see each other. When you're setting people apart from each other, you want to consider like, am I going to have like a higher floral situation? What type of glass needs to play with like the height of the taper or in the flower and the glass, which is way farther into the weeds than most people want to go. <laughs> but it is something to consider. Um, well, I yeah. think that's really, I mean, do you always use tapers or will you sometimes use tea candles, tea lights, like Tapers are really having a moment. Um, I feel like in the the trend of things, tapers are like, I went to Stockholm two years ago on a press trip for Domino. And I I was like in a coffee shop at like 9am and they had tapers burning. Oh, wow. Part of that like, like Higgy, like, and in in Stockholm, they have this phrase that means just enough. Like uh, everything should be like just enough warmth and just enough like Mm -hmm. comfort it's not like meaning to take away but like minimalism like scandinavian vibes right and so burning a candle at 9 a.m in a coffee shop like gives you the warmth of that taper and like you really feel that so quickly when you walk in and when it's cold so i feel like there's nothing finer than when we're all living in this arctic tundra to like have a taper burning uh i do think votives are really nice for like a long table where people are going to be like pass that over here and they're not going to have like work their arms, um, around fire. <laughs> yeah. But like, I, I do love a candelabra so much, you know, it's like yeah. Frankenstein put the candle back <laughs> because the candelabra from the door. Um, that's how I feel about it. Put the candles back, but yes. yeah. And just the drama and the way that it casts light differently because of the height, you just like get more shadow, you know, it's just like Absolutely. reflecting off. It's, it's like face, face height. Up. Yeah. Golden hour for your face. Yeah. I always like to think of myself as one sequin away from Liberace and he <laughs> like valued a candelabra, you know? Party icon. Party icon. Party icon. There you go. Liberace party icon. <laughs> since we have you here and since you are such a design maven, I'm going to take advantage of this situation and ask. Okay. And you are not having a dinner party. It's just a regular day at your apartment. Do you have 
objects on your table? Like, do you leave an empty dining room table or do you always have something on it? Because I am trying to figure out my own situation and it's not going so well. Ooh. I know it's really hard in the, the New York shoebox lifestyle, right? Like you're like, my table is my desk sometimes. It's like the mail caddy. It's right. the thing crafting on. It, it's also where I eat. And it's like maybe where I also like take in a show. It, it's really mm-hmm. a hardworking part of the, the home. Yeah. Um, especially in my New York life, like even being like a poor 20 year old in New York, like fresh flowers fed me like more than food. Like when you come mm-hmm. home and you're like, even if these are just like all matching bodega carnations, mm-hmm. like I am in a home, I'm a well put together young professional who has fresh flowers. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's kind of like a manicure in that way. Um, yeah. but I, I like to have fresh flowers on the table. I try to keep it clean and have like some sort of catch-all situation for mail and keys. Seeing something in the center of the table, if that's just like a bunch of clementines or fresh flowers and like a little taper, it just like has this feeling of like, oh, you're home and dinner may be served tonight at a reasonable hour. It may not be. <laughs> yeah, right. This was, that was actually very helpful though, because I, I do think it's like having something in the center that makes it feel like it is a space that is eaten at. And that's, it also feels very unfestive to sit down to dinner, even by yourself. Totally. When one half of the table is covered in bills and computer and like four, four half drunk cups of tea. It's like clearing all of that off. It's sort of a similar thing to a aperitivo hour, right? Of like clearing the space. Yes. I think that's super holistically healthy too, just because like the more you eat in front of a computer and work, like the worse that is for your body and you're like, parasympathetic. I'm not a doctor. I just play one on TV. Um, (laughs) Parasympathetic system. It's like breathe before you eat. Take this in as like nourishment. Don't just like make it an afterthought of like part of your to-do list. Like feed myself. Yeah, totally. Well, and I think just like one small point on that and also like on the, you know, the dining table being such a central part of life is that many people nowadays obviously live without a dining room. Like that houses used to have a dining room a very Mm -hmm. long time ago. Some apartments still have a dining room, but like now everything is kind of open. And so all spaces are all spaces. Like my living room is also my kitchen is also my dining room. And so I think actually trying to create separate spaces is difficult, but perhaps necessary. I also read, and I'm sure Megan already knows this with with your background at Domino, but for our listeners and for Sophie, if you didn't, that like the traditional dining room was usually like in the interior of the house and like no windows. Like it's usually the ceiling's lower, like you see a lot of wood paneling. And that is because of candlelight and like what it does to everyone and like immediately can set a mood. Here for that. Oh my God. Like it's not, usually a dining room is not like right by the front by the, you know, your windows, it's like set mm-hmm. back and it's moody and it's dark so that you can, you have that ambiance of That's it's dinner time. Yeah. Wow. That is fabulous. And I am taking that note in some way. I don't know how yet. Mood <laughs> <laughs> board somewhere. Yeah. Do we want to play a quick round of never have I ever Ari? We were thinking of like, since this does feel kind of like a party interview, we could play like a party game. I'm here for it. But we can all play kind of, uh, you yes, know. This is great. This is great. Why don't we do a five finger never have I ever? Okay. Okay. So listeners, oh. we're putting up five fingers. Yes. That's how you do it, Ari. How do oh you do I'm so it? I'm so old. I don't even remember how to play. Okay. Honor system. Okay. okay. Never have I ever successfully set two people up at a dinner party. Ooh, I haven't. Oh my I God. We're all so pathetic. That's so upsetting. (laughs) I know. Failure. Have I I sung matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match at a dinner party? A hundred (laughs) percent. But I've never successfully done it. Wow. Getting weak in my old age. (laughs) I feel that it's a big, what's the word? Blank blank spot for me. It's a big, whatever. You know what I mean? Bucket list item. (laughs) Oh, it's a bucket list item. Or, Or to spin it in a more positive way. It's a, it's a goal. It is something to aspire to. Exactly. I've always wanted to have like a setup party, but it, I've never done it. And then I also think it gets to be the complicated thing of like, do you tell people that it's a setup party? Do you keep it a secret? Uh huh. I don't know. I don't know either. We're going to workshop that. Yeah. We'll workshop it. Okay. Who's next? Okay. Here's one. Never have I ever 
passed off takeout as my own cooking at a dinner party? A hundred percent. I have to. You both have? You guys are terrible. I no, mean, not. No, you're not. You're not. You're both lovely. I'm an ultra super moderate cook in my own admission. And I mean, I don't think I, I don't, you know, I think I omitted it. I don't think I, I don't think I said I cooked this, but I don't think I said I got this. Oh, you mean someone was like, this is amazing. And you were like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just smiled and kept eating. Mm, yes, I agree. It is amazing. Um, so do you want to do another one? Well, I see that you have on here, um, never have I ever kicked someone out of a party, which I have definitely kicked people out of parties. People who have been way too drunk and you're like, you gotta go. Or I have had friends, oh no, I've had, I have had friends bring other friends to dinner parties who were not invited. Some situations it's, hey, come one, come all. Some it's very much not. And this person came and was so fucked up. And I had to, then you, you got to ask them to go. No, no, no. Megan? So I don't think I've ever thrown anyone out of a dinner party, but growing up in Oklahoma in high school, my mom was like the cool mom that like, let me have, she is going to kill me for talking about this. So like, maybe I'm like going to turn it off when we get to this point, who let me have parties as a youth. And so like, I would have like parties every weekend, like can't hardly wait style. <laughs> oh my God. I wish um, we'd known each other. Oh, and my last name is McNear. And so I would do like a sort of a wizard of Ozzy thing where I would be like, McNear says you have to leave because that's yeah. what he called me. <laughs> <laughs> like people would necessarily know that this person was kicking them out, but like the person that was McNear was asking them to leave. That is <laughs> yeah. so, so funny. That, that paid off. Um, but never out of like an intimate dinner party. Me neither. Too scared. All right. I know how to get some fingers down. Okay, I, right. Never have I ever eaten someone else's food when they look the other way. Guilty. At, at a party at my house or just in general? Oh, I mean, I guess I, at a dinner party, it, whether at your house or someone else's. You mean like reached over and like taken the food off of someone else's plate? Right. Or like, oh, I'm just like, I'm also thinking about like when you clear people's plates, like so-and-so has not eaten oh, anything and I'm just 100%. Like eating it. Oh, of course. Totally. I've also eaten like, this is really bad, but fuck it. I, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I've definitely eaten like, um, at a hotel when people are like done with their room service, room service. Like I've like taken a fry from, of course. It's, oh, good. good. They're up for grabs. <laughs> they are. They are. Like, I'm sure that people during this pandemic would be like, that's insane. But pre pandemic, that's, it's a very normal behavior. I think. Great. I think so too. And I feel like the French fry is like, like after midnight, like universal, like up for grabs object. Like everyone just needs it. You just have to have it around. And that doesn't matter if you order it. And one of my favorite things I ever did was a domino holiday party. I, everyone was drinking and it was later in the night. It was our Christmas party. And I ordered Uber Eats McDonald's French fries to our pop-up where we're having a party. And I had thought to buy silver platters at Party City and I served everyone McDonald's french fries on silver platters. Wow. Gorgeous. Yeah, you go a little high-low. Okay. I'm down to two. You guys you are down to two. Out. Okay. We got to get you out then. Um, okay. <laughs> Never have I ever, oh, lied about needing to leave a party early? At my own home or at another dinner party? At someone else's. I mean, yeah. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. All, all the time. We're all human. I mean, you you triple book a night in New York, you know? You, you don't want to be like, I'm going to someplace that's better. You're like, I, I have homework. And they're like, you're not in school. And you're like, I don't, I don't know. What yeah. <laughs> My cat? They're like, you <laughs> <"Yeah." laughs> I'm taking, I'm auditing a class at SBA. I got to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. You know what? Never have I ever cooked with weed for a dinner party. Okay. None of I us I wish have. I could say yes. Yeah. I, I don't think I have. Never have I ever... Um, hooked up with someone during someone else's or my own dinner party, like left, went to the closet or uh, the bathroom or something. I mean, I'm a hundred for sure sir, that I have. Um, Megan is out. She's no. officially the hostess with the mostess <laughs> of the three of us. Well done. Thank you. Yes. Again, I feel like I should have some sort of like thank you speech prepared. Like I, I'd like to thank the Academy that is having a night. Oh. <laughs> I'd like to thank my 20s um, mm-hmm. for being just like pivotal in New York City. Um, I'd like to thank all of the fine people at Hannah Foods that provide me with 2 a.m. sandwiches. Yes. 
and also just like getting wine on demand. And I feel like that is just what has made me the never have I ever win. <laughs> that's, his, that's your journey. But that's what's gotten you here. Um, so our final question that we ask all of our guests, if you were stuck on a desert island and you could only have one bag of chips, what kind of chips would you have with you? I mean, that is a really great question because you like, I'm just by myself, right? So I'm not hosting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you, you want to think of if I was hosting, there would be like a versatility moment, like what goes well with like kind of fresh and caviar, but then also what can be like low brow. So like that's out the window. Okay. <laughs> um, I think I would probably gut impulse reaction just says like kettle, salt and vinegar, mm. like super vanilla, which is like off brand for the maximalist that I am. But like, also I'm going to be there for a while. And I just exactly. like, like that I can be like, not angry about after a long amount of time. I'm nothing if not like thinking of the long game when it comes to food. <laughs> I'm I'm so there with you. I think that strategy is spot on because who knows, you might learn to like spear a fish and then you can put it on the chip or you might make some salsa with some mangoes or something. Like, but if you've got a too, too much of a flavorful thing going on with your chip, then you're kind of screwed. You're going to mess up that whole like survival of the fittest vibe. It's true. Yep. You can't go Doritos. It's too risky. You might, it's you don't want to blow out your taste buds. I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, we've got a drink. Leave it to make, make us a having a night cocktail. We guys, couldn't do it ourselves. We didn't know we needed it. Of course I we wish did. you guys could see this cocktail. Well, you will see it because, of course, we'll post it on our Instagram, but it is beautiful. I tried to look for the gin and I could not find it, but I will go sleuthing again. I'm not deterred. Yeah, the gin is hard to find. Luckily, now you can. it's easier to buy alcohol online. So I would highly recommend getting some because it is truly, it's just a color change, you know, but it's so exciting to have this gin that is bright purple. It's like- well, Also, I mean, imagine like a gin and tonic with that. It would be oh, yeah. ombre, so changes, baby. So it kind of is like a moon ring in that it like changes colors. On they, It comes with a little pamphlet of- just recipes and the gin in a gin and tonic, something with the reaction with the tonic, it turns kind of pink. Wow. So all these different drinks, it turns different colors. I mean, it's a, I don't know why everyone's not drinking it. It's delicious on the rocks. Go get some. I'm looking it up right now. Do you know what it's called? Oh, Empress 1908. Mm-hmm. Wow. 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 Please let me yes. in. Yes. I'm of drinking age. God, this shit is beautiful. Anyway, well now you heard it here first, go buy yourself some purple gin. So guys, go buy yourself some Empress 1908. Buy yourself all of the ingredients for a night. Make yourself a night and don't you dare not tag us if you make our signature (gasps) goddamn drink. And please, please enter our giveaway for some fun party favors and, of course, our beloved coasters. And we will see you on Chip Hour next week. We're back. Yes, we are. Another fun episode coming at you every Thursday. Right? Yes, right. <laughs> You're looking like actually I have some news. I just thought you did such a succinct, beautiful job of saying it. And my mind was somewhere else already. Everybody have a good week. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>